Hello, St. Matthew's United Methodist Church, and those of you who are joining us online, I'm Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. I'm so glad you're here to join us as we slog through the Ten Commandments. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Uh, Is this... No, this is second to final week of our summer series, right? No, I think I've got three more. (laughs) It's like you ask a pastor, like... How much longer? And pastor's like, when I'm done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the way through August. All the way through. Uh, no, we've been we've been working through Exodus, uh, mm-hmm. and this week, uh, I love that you brought Letterman into the sermon this week. <laughs> I was like, how? What's a David Letterman? <laughs> uh, There's gonna be a lot of that, by the way, today. Yeah. Where I'm ribbing Dave. We were talking a, a little bit on the way over here about, you know, pop culture. It's like. Who's a what's a Charlton Heston? Like who who is that? Uh, but um, yeah, so Exodus twenty verses one through seventeen, and this is what part of the story, Dave? Oh yeah, the Holy Spirit's here too. Yay! What part of the story? So well, Exodus begins, of course, with Moses mm-hmm. uh, and God calling him into into action. Mm-hmm. Um, Moses and uh, God, they have their burning bush moment together. Mm-hmm. Um, Moses goes to Egypt, uh, acquires the release of the of the Israelites. They've walked through the desert, uh, walked through the Red Sea. They've been fed. They've been given drink, you know, from the water on the rock. They've been so attacked. They've been attacked. God has taken care of them and led them and loved on them through throughout this time. And, and we come now to the time of the, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. The giving of the law. So it's actually more than just the ten. Uh, there's more law than just fits on the tablet. Oh, I just put Billy Mays Hayes head on you. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, there's more, but wait. <laughs> but wait. We're going to dispel every theological argument and difference. I'm just kidding. We don't have enough time for that today. But I, I, so I am excited, though, to talk about the Ten Commandments and uh, growing up like a good Catholic kid, learned a lot about the Ten Commandments and very specifically a couple of them. And then as I got older, I was like, that's not what that says at all. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, yeah, so so we've been working through Exodus. We've come to the place, the point where the Israelite people wait. Moses goes to meet with God and then is given the commandments, right? Well, this actual passage, they're being spoken. That's right. So it's not till quite a few chapters later where the, the tablets actually get put that's on right. stone. So this that's is right. the... This is the verbal kind of giving of the commandments, if we want to call them commandments. Um, uh, and so there's a lot of detail. Uh, you, if you actually read through, well, you said it was 17 verses. Uh, so there's several pretty good-sized paragraphs talking about kind of the the thought behind several of the commandments mm-hmm. anyway. Um, you know, but calling them commandments um, can give us kind of one view on what they are, can lead us in a way just by naming them that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to note that different traditions call them different things. You know, Ten Commandments is kind of our culture and our tradition and our kind of time. Uh, but Jewish people call them the Ten Words or the Ten Utterances, the Ten Sayings, uh, because they kind of list them differently than we do. Uh, and to The people that they were actually given to. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if you, I mean, of course, we don't have a picture of what the tablets actually look like. Um, 
Uh, Can you we, imagine? We just have this description. Yeah, we just yeah. have the description. So right. how you're going to number them is there's some amount of interpretation that has to happen, mm-hmm. uh, even in kind of numbering the the uh, the words or the commandments. Right. And in the Jewish kind of numbering, the very first word is, I am the Lord your God. I'm the one who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one who brought you out of slavery. Mm-hmm. Not a commandment. <laughs> it's like it's a just, statement. <laughs> well, and so that's why they call them the words or utterances because they're not right. all kind of commands, right? You know, here's a here's just a phrase put in there, and it's I mean, if you think about that phrase, it leads you into the rest of the into the less rest of the list mm-hmm. uh, because it says, I mean, this is predicated on you being you belonging to God and God belonging to you, right? You know, if you accept God, uh, if you worship God, if you want to grow in in uh, uh, your knowledge of God, then these commandments are for you. Uh, is is kind of where that that leads. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, then I don't know what kind of bearing they have. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and and I love that you said that. It's like so. So if I'm hearing you right, then. You know, just numbering them one through ten and slapping them uh, like a poster on the wall probably isn't super effective for their intent well, and purpose. <laughs> well, they're they're well asking what their intent is. I think kind of leads us into how to, how we are to understand what is their intent. I mean, their intent is to help create a community based on the love of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the commandments, uh, especially the second table, the second the the last six. Um, really point to loving your neighbor and how to do that. Right. Uh, and a community that loves, that knows what it means to love your neighbor, uh, then is very, I think, attractive to the communities that surround um, this faith one and and gives an opportunity to then learn who God is for those who are outside of the fold right. uh, currently. Right. Yeah, and I think I think contextually as well, something else that's happening here is this is a this is a people group currently, right, that have been under, you know, a foreign ruler. Mm-hmm. They have not had to quote unquote self-govern or govern themselves or come up with these systems or these things or think through this stuff or answer these questions because a lot of those things had been done for them or to them. Right. <laughs> And so I also just I'm I'm pointing to this because I think it's a, a really important contrast is it's not just like the timeless questions that these utterances right answer, especially when we start to ask the question of like why were they given or what's their mm-hmm. intent, um, but it's even the context in which and who and when they're given and when they're communicated right. So like. When you th- when I think about like what they had been exposed to and what the the Israelite people were living through, and then to be given these and be like, this is my heart for people mm-hmm. and for us together as we go together forward, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is also so different than the, what they were used to. Well, it was countercultural right. at the time. <laughs> and, it's and, crazy. And well, and in living in Egypt as slaves, um, you know, they were bound to, then to that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but and these commandments and really kind of the way we're taught to live as Christians lead us into living in a countercultural way, in a way that's very different from culture. Not in that we become arrogant and wag our fingers at those who are. <laughs> 
who are not uh, faithful, um, but that we uh, put love at the center of who we are and then let that become a light that shines into the nations. Yeah. You know, that, that shows the world how, how you are to live, and that is by loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. uh, by worshiping God, by walking with God. Mm-hmm. And the, the kind of the, the way that looks from the outside, it's very different, but it's very attractive. Mm-hmm. And so it helps people want to become um, followers right. of God. Right. And not to get too far off the topics that we're going to really dive into today, more at least, is um, I I think, you know, so when we say countercultural, right, I think that's something we should kind of flesh out or define a little bit more. And so I would say, like, um, because I think a lot of times in spiritual places or, or Christian places that I've been, we define culture as like anybody who's not us. And I go, ah, like we do the dualism thing where it's like, we good, them bad, oh, fight. Like, and and I I don't want to say that. What what I think is, and, and Egypt is a great example of this, is Egypt has um sold itself into uh incredibly sinful practices that uh make God's created beings and and God's creation. Uh, have less worth than God intended it to have. And so the devices and the power dynamics and the systems and the structures of that culture that are in place are where slavery exists, and we're killing people, and we're harming them, and we're not treating them like actual people that are loved and have value and matter. And so when we're saying, when I'm saying it at least, when we say like counterculture, countercultural, one of the reasons I'm so fascinated about when these are given and how they're given to the Israelite people is it, it, it's almost to me like it's not even just like, okay, what do we go do with these? It's like, wait, this is who I am? Like, I, I'm viewed this way? Mm-hmm. Like, n- me and everybody else, we're all viewed this way because where they come from, that is completely not the case. You don't have worth and value unless you produce something and or like somebody says you do. Mm-hmm. This is like a really important moment, um, you know, I think in, in human history, if you will, of like how God is going, no, 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 this is what I'm saying. This is what this means. And it's not just for you. This is for everybody. Everybody is is matters and has value. And like, and, and this is the way that we do life together. This is the way that this works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, if you're watching this or listening to this, and you're used to a culture or systems or things in place that devalue and dehumanize and take things away, this, this is like a really cool thing that where God comes and goes, no, 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 it's the opposite of that. I've, I'm giving you it all, and I want to be with you, and this is how we love. You love me, I love you, and that's how we love each other together, and we, and we, we do this thing together. Um, and that doesn't exist that's not Egypt. That's not any of the major powers or major players of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like you're saying, like that that that's not it's it's part of what makes a community of people so attractive to somebody else. But when we live this way, that's kind of like our purpose. And like we, it's not that we unlock something, but it's like you you fulfill that purpose in you that you're like, oh, like I'm loved, and other people are too. Like this is good. Mm-hmm. This is really good. Um, and then other people can see that in other mm-hmm. communities and other places, and 
then the, the other place, and we won't get too far, we won't get into this today, but the other place you'll see this kind of, these concepts and these things brush against is when, what happens when God has called us to live this way and other places are not? And like that, that, then there's problems and there's yeah. conflict and it's yeah. like, oh, what do we do with this? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I love, I love that imagery of like, you've known no other way to live except that. And then God comes and goes, no, here. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's the whole light on the hill from Sermon on the Mount. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so screw my notes. Uh, <laughs> like these are, these are not in my notes. You could tell, like, I really did a good job prepping this week. Uh, no, so you you tied this to the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. This week, talk talk about that. Well, there's there's uh, so if you look at the Ten Commandments as as a way of forming a community that uh, for the chosen people that then illuminates to the world the character of God. Mm-hmm. I see Jesus doing uh, talking about that very same topic mm-hmm. in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, the Sermon on the Mount starts with the Beatitudes, which is uh, shining light on those who are normally in the shadows, um, uh, lifting them up, so to speak. Then the very next kind of paragraph or section in the Sermon on the Mount is the is the light on the hill passage. You know, be uh, the light on the hill. Don't put the you know don't hide it under a basket. Yeah. You know all of that and all those kids songs. You know pop into my head all of a sudden. <laughs> but he's talking about creating a community that is uh, a, an example to the world of how God has made us, created us to live. Right. And then he goes through, and then the rest of the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus taking the law and traditions and customs and practices and saying how uh, they had been perverted or kind of corrupted or gotten wrong. I mean, and so he talks about some commandments and the way that they've been uh, misused you know, mm-hmm. if you're, for example, he says, you know, if you're angry with a brother, you're, you've broken a commandment. Right. And you say, well, I don't remember anger being in the, in the, in the 10 words. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesus says, if you're angry with your brother uh, or sister, um, you are guilty of murder. You've broken that commandment. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to the, to the intent of the commandments, it's, mm-hmm. uh, if you're not trying to, to, you know, find the loopholes, so that right. you can get around. Right. Uh, and so Jesus calls them out on trying to work those loopholes. Um, you know, the the eye for an eye thing. The, you know, it's all, uh, you know, he talks about prayer. He talks about fasting. He's talked about how we get, how uh, we've gotten all of these kind of things twisted, corrupted, how we practice them wrong. And then the Sermon on the Mount corrects them and and serves as a, as a, as a beacon of how you are to live. Um so that you become the light on the hill. Right. right. Uh, and so I see just a lot of similarities. I would much rather, um, and in my ministry, when, when somebody's asking me, well, how do I live or, or what does it mean to live? I'll point to the Sermon on the Mount before I point to the Ten Commandments anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is the, the work of Jesus calling us back from kind of getting it wrong you right. know, being, being lost in some ways and then putting us on the kind of the right track. And he does it, um, you know, by lifting up the, the broken, by talking about being the light on the hill and then about kind of saying, this is the way you've misunderstood tradition, law practices, those kind mm-hmm. of things, uh, that are wrapped around the faith. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I find a lot of the, the correctives that he makes 
uh, were true not only not only in the first yeah, century, yeah, yeah. but but have a lot of have a lot of uh, uh, resonance. Today Stop pointing well. at me, Dave. Uh, <laughs> well, and and I think too. So like I, you know, this is just my own personal take. You know, put on your proverbial Pastor Kelly hat. Um, is uh. This is one of the reasons why, like with scripture, very often, if not always, I think it's it, it can be really problematic or dangerous, if you will, to take things literally at face value how I interpret them, right? Because even what we're talking about, right? Like what Jesus is doing is not changing or altering the commandments or the sayings or the utterances, right? Jesus is recoloring the context of the time and when and why and, and what purpose they were meant to fulfill, Right, like that's what Jesus is doing. Jesus isn't like, oh, like I don't think he's revealing something new. I think that was the purpose. That's all the along. point, and all so along. it's yeah. it's so people's interpretations throughout the years or the systems and the things and the culture mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 the ways that people had bought into things that were not of God or not with being with God and with each other and the ways that God intended us to be. Jesus is kind of calling those. I think Jesus is calling attention to those things and going, "Listen, like this is not what this means. This is what this means. Mm-hmm. You don't do this." And what's so fascinating to me, right? Like, and not to get too far into the Gospels here, right? Um, but it's oh, often right when Jesus is correcting or rebuking. It's it's like I'm always like, "Oh, you're you're talking to somebody who is just self interested." Like me, <laughs> like this is about me. This is how do I get what I need? How how do I like do the right thing? How do I distance myself from? It's about me. And then like Jesus is like, no, it's about us. <laughs> and and I'm like, oh, so the ten commandments or the ten utterances in the Sermon on the Mount are not about personal survival. They're about how do we love each other well? Mm-hmm. How do we do life together? Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Oh no, <laughs> that's and that's the backdrop where you're. I think you're kind of pointing to is like when you if you come at them from that perspective, mm-hmm. and then like you know 2023 America go, oh no, <laughs> like, oh no, and not that we're unredeemable and, and there isn't some wonderful great things happening stateside too. Like that's not what I'm getting at, but that conviction there, right, of like, okay, so like have have we turned these things into self-serving purposes, exclusionary purposes? Mm-hmm. That's another big one, I think, mm-hmm. too, of like, you know, oftentimes like misinterpretations I, I see with the Israelite people or the Jewish people is, well, they were the chosen people and everybody else could just go die. And I go, no, Christians aren't chosen people and everybody else can just go die because we're doing it right. It's they were given this responsibility to then go share it with mm-hmm, everyone else mm-hmm. and correct it, not not <laughs> not not make people do like you know what I mean. Like it's not it's not the it's not the Spanish Inquisition where yeah, like we yeah. make you convert. Mm-hmm. It's that they would do life and do community and have a relationship with God in such a way that when people would come in contact with that, they would want it too. Exactly, exactly. Well, you're seeing kind of creation fulfilled, you know, when yeah. it's <laughs> when it's done that way. Yeah. Uh, you're seeing the kind of the perfect example of peace um, being lived out. Um, and that's and that's the part that, that pulls people in. Mm-hmm. Uh, because anybody who's living in a, in a world where peace is absence... 
I mean, they want they they want that more than anything. And to, to look around and not see an example of it is one thing. But when you can see the light shining, you know, over there, that's what peace looks like. That's what wholeness looks like. Mm-hmm. That's how we were created to to live. And maybe you can't say it in those words, um, but that's the desire that is built within us that right. we are created with. Right. Well, and and I again back to the you know I'm thinking contextually, right? Like, you know, Jesus leaves the city to go to the hills and go to the outskirts and go to where all the like rejects are to share this mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. And and you're talking about a nomadic people who have been like dehomed. What's the term, right? Like they've been, uh, uh, they're displaced. Mm-hmm. They do not have a place to call their own. Like, and right, it wasn't the chapter we did last week. Weren't people trying to kill them? The Amalekites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it's 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 there's and God's been with them, but it's when we say God's with them, it's also like in the context of like everything's trying to kill them too. Like it's it's not been smooth sailing. Right, it's been hard. It's been wilderness. It's been wilderness. Good word. Uh, and so, and where, where, so, where could we find that? You know, oh look, there's some dirt. There's some wilderness. Oh look, there's some wilderness there too. There's wilderness everywhere. But it's it's. But for me, when I think about like this, these concepts and, and this intention and the truth of what they're being is being shared with them, when the commandments or the phrases or the utterances are shared. And then also in the Sermon on the Mount is people who have not lived that way or all that we know or have known is something that is completely opposite of that. That sounds a lot like freedom. Mm-hmm. And then once you start living into that, like I can't, like this is one of the reasons I think like if the Israelite people and the Jewish people become such a powerhouse, it's because when they're doing this, like at times, and then and then they don't do this and it goes terribly, but... You know, if you come in contact with a group of people who are like doing this, you're like, I want, I want in, I want in, I want to be a part of that. And, and then the other thing that I love is, um, and this isn't in the Sermon on the Mount, um, but part of what we do when we do these things in this community and we love God well, and we and we're loved well, and we love others well, is is we're also trying to make sure that people come to the table and we and we we make a place. Mm-hmm. Right, so doing this community is also not just about like the light on the hill. Like I know what you mean by it, but sometimes I think when people might hear that, they go, "Okay, where's the hill and where's the light and how do I get there?" And I go, "Well, part of my responsibility is to like go to you with that light mm-hmm. and to make a space for for mm-hmm. another person and mm-hmm. and find ways to connect with them to bring them into whatever we're doing." And I didn't say manipulate. I didn't say proselytize. I didn't say like, you know, ultimatum it. I didn't say like, like there's no shame involved. No, and you don't, and it's not nefarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd argue like, uh, man, where are we at? <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, I, like this is another podcast for another day, but like it like even when we talk about evangelism, some people think evangelism is like a dirty word. Like doing this is what we call evangelism. This is evan mm-hmm. like this is what it means to like live like the people of God and people will come and be a part. Like that's mm-hmm. what God says to do. And it's like, oh, so if we love people well and we live this way. Maybe Uh, maybe we're starting to learn a little about the gospel. Maybe I'm learning a little bit about the gospel. But but right, and so I I love that you tied those two together because 
oftentimes, at least for me, is like I'd, I'd read something in the Old Testament, right? The Old Testament. I read this and I go, what do I do with that? It's not written to me. I mean, it's written like it's things that I can get something from. And then like, I love that you propose the question of like, well, why? What's the context here? Mm-hmm. Like what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then where's a correlation with, you know, like Jesus? And it's like, oh, so you're very similar. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's not that there's two random occurrences that are similar. It's the message that has always been there. Um, that is just has to be retold sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, well, and, and I think that that's uh, my closing thought here. At least will be like this is one of the reasons I'm so thankful for grace. Mm-hmm. Is that even when I change or I miss it or my perspective is off, God is still trying to go, Kelly. Look, like I'm like, come on, like this mm-hmm. is this is what this mm-hmm. looks like. And I go, oh yeah, that's right. I remember that now. Like let's do that. Uh, like that 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 makes sense to me and. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, we're talking about a thousands of years difference between this moment and the scriptures and Jesus, and we're talking about thousands of years of Jesus into now, <laughs> and yet be loved by God, love God back, love ourselves and love everybody else to the best of our ability with what we have and be mm-hmm. good to each other mm-hmm. has never changed. Mm-hmm. It's always constant. Yeah. Cool. What about you? What about me? Closing thought. The closing thought. Closing argument, sir. Approach Close, the bench. Closing <laughs> argument. Wow, there's uh, so uh, there's, many. <laughs> there's so there's so much to be said about the commandments. Um, yeah, I, you know, I I just believe with all my heart that that the that practicing our faith um is all about finding the peace that we were made to enjoy. Mm. Um, And when we look at elements of the, of the law or or scripture in any way and, and make them about something else, um, we've missed the point. But when we don't miss the point, I mean, the, the benefits and the, the repercussions of that are amazing in that it brings wholeness. It brings healing. It builds communities um, that are whole uh, it builds people that then can flourish um, in the way that God intended. Um, so, you know, the, the, the repercussions of this are just huge, um, re- really both in the positive and in the negative kind of aspects of that. But when we get it right, um, as best that we can, man, that's, that's the world I want to live in. That's awesome. Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And we'll see you next week.